welcome back to the Clinch Podcast. If you don't know already, my name is Shay, and here at the Clinch, we just chill and talk fights. I am not a professional by any means, just a fan sharing her takes on this little app. So I want to welcome any new listeners and, of course, thank everyone who is returning, my OG crew. And this week's episode, I just want to forewarn you, is probably going to be a very short one. Uh, The reason being is I'm just currently enjoying having my siblings visit from out of the country. And it's been such a special time. But I, of course, can't neglect my fight talks, nor would I want to. So enjoy this short and sweet episode. Oh, and... I want to remind you, everyone, that I do have the Patreon up again if you're interested in that uh, with the very exciting exclusive series coming up in May. And it will be, uh, of course, like I have mentioned on the notorious Conor McGregor with some more current events that are taking place now that will add some more depth to that project. So I'm super excited about that. And it will be a three or four part series. I'm thinking three, but it might just need to be four parts. So if you would like access to that, please consider joining the Patreon. And with all that being said, let's get to the fights. No more cringe plugging. And let's start off, of course, with our Jacksonville fighter, Preston Parsons. He defeated Evan Elder. And I really loved Preston Parsons' style of jiu-jitsu. He seems to have a very similar style to me, to Habib. It's not up to the same level. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying it's very comparable to Habib's style and his crew. With refinement, I think it will be and already is a warning to the welterweight division He made a lot of smart and natural-looking adjustments during the fight, and Elder also had some impressive, like, reversals in there. And, you know, he did hold his own on the wrestling front, but I do just, of course, feel like Parsons had the edge here by quite the margin. A really interesting aspect of his fight IQ was being able to gain the advantage by his ability to think sharper and think faster, evidently, to put himself in control of each round. And, of course, those elbows at the end of round three were absolutely brutal and very, yikes, damaged Elder. But I don't think that it was necessarily, like, a tell towards Elder being, like, untalented by any means, but just more so of a testament to how good Preston is. Elder is tough, for sure. Not an easy victory at all. So... I really enjoy this bout, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from both of these guys. So now moving on to Richie Long versus Cameron Else. This fight was OD. It was totally OD. It was just an overkill of unchecked damage. Obviously, Richie Long was crazy dom- dominant, of course. He looked so naturally healthy at that weight class and well-conditioned, well but... It was just an insane amount of damage, and I really didn't want to talk too much else about it because it was just a big yikes. So with the next one, we have Tyson Pedro versus Ike Villanueva. This was an incredible performance by Tyson Pedro. It was exquisite, especially after such a long layoff. 
it hurt to watch Ike lose, but I loved seeing Tyson get the win and hear how much it meant to him. So that was a heartwarming fight for me. And for our next fight, we have Sergey Kondosko versus Dwight Grant. Huge moment in the first round for both men. I loved when Paul Felder said the D1 wrestler comment because it was just hilariously true accurate and i love to see it of course now uh, and actually because it's just as good an adjustment as any and it's ultimately a smart route to go when you get knocked down so i appreciate it i don't hate on it <laughs> you know dwight had some amazing bombs and very very nice footwork both men traded just absolute heat and it could have gone either way at like any given point in the fight, but it was just a battle of who would get to the knockout first in a matter of time. So a great fight to see with those guys. And next up, we had Marc-Andre Berriot versus Jordan Wright. I am so sorry if I mispronounced that, but I was totally enthralled by this performance because it was just such a grand submission. <laughs> and it showcased the submission skill for Marc-Andre, not... Not much else to say, of course, <laughs> except that I do love a good submission, even with this next one that we are going to lead into, which was Charles Jordan versus Lando Venata. was another insane, crazy submission. I would argue even crazier than the last. Jordan set up that perfectly and executed another very dominant win. And also, what a scary call-out, <laughs> but he absolutely backed it up, and I love that he tweeted the next day, like, oh, when you wake up and you realize you you shouted out, that's in Barbosa. But he absolutely backed it up, so I am absolutely with it. <laughs> so now for this one. I wasn't really sure what to suspect going into this fight, so I wanted to just start with the beginning, I guess, so... I the scramble, which I really enjoyed because it was a strength of Montana and an area for Macy to show off improvement. And Montana was definitely more comfortable performing in that style at the beginning, but Macy just showed her signature scrappy style in a few very shining moments. And Macy showed a lot of improved skill, a lot of very signature alpha male signature skill. And she looked in her element and started to get back to what skyrocketed her to her status in the first place. And I feel like she's getting back on track. I think she was very aggressive. And, you know, some people may have thought it wasn't the most exciting fight. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to win. And I feel like from what I saw that she was applying adjustments. And that is a sign of an improving fighter and a willingly improving fighter. And it's such a strong and brilliant and just smart aspect of building your friend IQ is to, even if it may not be the most exciting thing, show that you can adjust to strengthen the areas of your game that were exposed prior. So I really just enjoyed that aspect of watching her fight. And for this next one, I was, of course, very excited <laughs> because just, you know, who isn't excited for a Clay Guida fight? The composure of Clay Guida during that elbow seizure from Claudia was just otherworldly. But that transition into the knee bar was butter. It was so smooth. And I actually screamed. Like, ask anyone who watched it with me, I screamed when it happened. <laughs> because I really thought that Clay was 
out of that submission. And then in the blink of an eye, it was just over. And not only that, by that, but it was not by chance. Claudio was absolutely masterful in that sequence. That was not by chance one bit. That was years and years and years of just intense training and master skill. And I will be transparent. I can't really remember any of his firefights, but this definitely made me want to see some of his past work. So I'm glad that I didn't know anything coming into this. And that was like the first thing that caught my eye because it was just, it was a gorgeous submission and I have my eye on his fights for sure moving on. And like I said, (laughs) this is going to be a short episode, just a quick, you know, mid-morning break, you know, pre-bed break, whatever episode, um, get straight to the point here to the main event. And of course, this was Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Lamosh. Lamosh started out comfortable finding her range and utilized it especially well in the beginning. (laughs) But, you know, with her having found her target early on, and creating a rhythm that, of course, creates a danger for her, you know, just being comfortable in that rhythm of, that she found in that range in the beginning of the fight because Jessica's success is attributed to her amazing fight IQ. And part of that is she's able to time her opponents very, very well. So if you're coming into a fight and you have a fresh Jessica Andrade, she's keyed up, she's ready to go, and you build that rhythm and you don't switch it up, She's going to key in and fire and, you know, her ability to, to time those moves is just exquisite. And when she was in that standing guillotine, she adjusted, which I initially thought was going to lose her the position just because, you know, you have lay motion. She's just tall and lanky and she has the height advantage and range and reach advantage over Jessica. So I thought that would be just the inch that she needed to escape, but her, and by her, I mean Jessica, her ability to make that adjustment and just keep Lemos tightly in her grip is just so brilliant. It's just so brilliant to watch. And of course, you know, I sound super sappy when I talk about fighters and I talk about it like a crazy person, like it pays me and it doesn't, (laughs) you know, but it's just, Shit, that's satisfying. <laughs> you know, I, it was just very satisfying to watch. And I'm honored to watch because this is Hall of Fame stuff. You know, this is a Hall of Famer in the making. And it's just such an honor to be able to watch fighters who do things like this. And, and you know, just keep progressively doing things like this and making the game better and raising the bar and consistently allowing more and more room for people in those divisions, especially the women's divisions, and that extra space to grow and to achieve greater. So I absolutely love that. Even though she did my girl Rose dirty, I am obsessed with her fights and her style just makes me melt. So I know that was super short, but I had fun watching them and I had even more fun talking about them, even though it was short and sweet. And I hope you did too. If you did, please leave a review or rating share with your friend, brother, sister, coach, teammate, agency, Jesus, Joseph, anyone, I would appreciate any of it. Thank you all so much, and I will catch you next time.